You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of independent waters i am your host mikey manfredi and joining me as always is none other than zach snow batista zach how are you doing my man i am doing pretty good had a late start today and then it was fucking sleet outside so i was like no yeah that's why i called you zach snow batista mm, not for yeah. any other reason yeah oh yeah definitely no no other reason no, no, we'll, no other reason we'll get to later mm-hmm. definitely not uh, other than that, though, I'm pretty good. I'm extremely excited to see what the uh, open door announcement TK is going to be making is. Yeah, what is, who is coming? Th- I know this isn't technically indie wrestling, but who is this, who is this forbidden door announcement from uh, Tony Khan, which is technically happening uh, at time of release tonight? <laughs> yes, I've heard everything from Keith Lee to Jeff Hardy to Shane McMahon. I, I'm now thinking maybe it might be someone from New Japan. I, I don't fucking know, man, but I'm pumped. No way they pull. I feel like there's no way they pulled the like Okada trigger yet, or like Abushi trigger yet, right? Like I feel like that's something they can do down the line, but that's not something they're gonna do yet. I don't know, man. Tanahashi said, I think I'm pretty sure Tanahashi said that he wanted to wrestle in the states more. Mm, maybe would, we'll see. We'll see. I'd fuck heavy with Tanahashi. Tanahashi versus Moxley. Tanahashi versus anyone in that fucking company. I'd be down for it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Zach, right now we are not here to talk about those companies. We are here to talk about the independent wrestling scene. So why don't mm-hmm. we get into the matches we de- we took a look at this week yes. with, with a fan suggestion as well. Uh, Zach, what match did you pick for us this week? Going into my tag team indie wrestling uh, what's the, uh, mood that I'm in right now, we got the Wrestling Prodigies going against the Dawson Brothers for the PWF Tag Team Championships at PWF. Nice. And I and I brought to the table Megan Bain versus Max the Impaler from Beyond Wrestling because I just wanted to see two big, beefy wrestlers fight. Yep. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. And then, of course, we have our fan suggestion from Dylan Garcia, uh, who DM'd us on Twitter, uh, at CountOutPod, if you have your own match suggestion. He DM'd us the suggestion for Gmo Kabanari taking on Marty Snow in a I have written here two out of three falls match, but we find out it is not only two out of three falls, but three stages of hell. So, and that yeah. is from Pro Wrestling Legacy. Uh, I'm very excited about that one, and I cannot wait uh, to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pro Wrestling Legacy slowly becoming a favorite on this show. Slowly becoming a favorite on this show, really putting on some bangers lately, and I'm very impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why don't we start off with uh, the Wrestling Prodigies versus the Dawson Brothers for the PWF Tag Team Championships. Yes. This, uh, funnily enough, after looking at this, uh, the, uh, the, uh, surroundings of this ring, I'm pretty sure this match happened at the same show we watched the Carinos kill each other. Yes, it definitely was. They even had the banner advertising it. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to that episode, uh, for (laughs) Independent Waters. We can watch, uh, I believe Steve Carino beat... Versus Colby Carino. And watch uh, in Colby a, in, a, in a crazy match between father and son. Yeah, watch as Colby Carino nearly beats his dad within an inch of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, this match is like we said is the Dawson brothers versus the Wrestling Prodigies. The Dawson brothers, uh, being Dave and Zane Dawson, and the Wrestling Prodigies being Jay Malachi and Jackson Drake. Mm-hmm. These two could not even be any more different. Like the Dawsons come out, they're like your classic big boy heel tag team. They do not like the crowd at all. The fucking wrestling prodigies come out. They're like, bro, we're about to smack these guys. We're going to about to fuck these guys up right now. Yeah, fucking ball-headed were... ass motherfucker. I was like, I love them. Yeah, two very different. Not only different in uh, personality, but different in size as well. Uh, the Dawson bros are probably a combined, like, 
like five six hundred pounds, like six hundred pounds together or something like that. And the boys. wrestling prodigies don't look like they don't weigh more than ninety pounds together soaking wet. Like yes, <laughs> like there two. It's a very much a very much a high flyer versus powerhouse team match mm-hmm. here for the for the tag team titles. Uh, and the wrestling prodigies are going in as champions at this one. Yes. Uh, starting out this match, we have Dave and Dave Dawson going against Jackson Drake. And uh, Dave basically just calls Drake out, says, get your ass over here, boy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. OK. And uh, very start. quickly, Dave establishes that uh, he is exceedingly stronger than Jackson. Indeed. He is strong. Jackson and is uh, fast because he's fast. He knows that if he gets he also knows that if he gets in Dave's head, he could probably fuck around with him. So that's what he does. He goes Dave into attacking him and uses his anger to get several strikes in with him before he catches a kick from Jackson. Then mm-hmm. Jackson tries to flip. He tries to flip Jackson onto the mat. Jackson lands on his feet and then hits a tilt to whirl, followed by two drop kicks to the face. And when Dave just refuses to fall, Jackson tries him with a hurricane rana, and Dave actually fucking catches him. So Jackson slips out of this and gets underneath Dave. And then Dave tries to drop his whole body on top of him, but Jackson rolls out of the way and then punt kicks him in the face. Yes. Yeah, very much. Uh, Jackson found his way in, and these two went blow for blow. I was, I was like, yeah, oh, as my soon God. As, as soon as Jackson was able to get in there, he was able to get a nice burst of offense in. Mm-hmm. And after this, Zane Dawson and Jay Malachi tagged themselves into this match because, you know, Zane has been sitting on the outside just very quietly watching his brother do, you know, his work, and Jay has just been trash-talking the shit out of him and his brother, so... <laughs> Perfect. So unfortunately for Malachi, uh, he tries to go for the same approach for Jackson, and Zane has watched this happen. So instead of being goaded in, he just wipes him out with a shoulder charge that spins Malachi inside out. Oh yeah, just, yeah, ugh. just just like right off the bat, just yeah, they both he... come in, and it's like, and stop with the high flying nonsense. We're here to we're yeah, here you're to, you're not gonna to goad wrestle. me into missing some shit. Now fuck out of here. So. <laughs> We're done. Zane knocks Malachi down with another shoulder charge. He starts to glow to the crowd. But this time, Malachi kicks, kicks, kips up and yep. waits for Zane to turn around. And the moment he does, he gets hit with a flurry of blows from Malachi. Zane tries to shove him off and body slam him, but Malachi dodges him and then hits two super high in Zagurias. Like, this guy got mad height, followed yeah. by a spitting heel kick to the face that knocks Zane out of the ring. Yeah, he got up there. Mm-hmm. It's very, very impressive. It was very cool. Like every time he did a drop kick, it was like he floated a little bit. It was wild. Ah, high flyers and your ability to seamlessly ignore gravity's rules. True, <laughs> true, true, true. Mm-hmm. So Malachi then tries to springboard crossbody onto Zane, but Zane, being the host that he is, catches him, and he tries to throw him back into the ring. But Jay instead lands on the apron and punt kicks Zane in the face. And uh, on the outside, Jay lands some physical strikes on Zane. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, Fucking nasty really, chops. Really look rough. Mm-hmm. Like it was, they were going balls to the walls here with these strikes, and he uh, actually maintains control on Zane before tossing him back into the ring and tagging in Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the chops were the chops were rough. And don't you worry, fans of the Dawson brothers, uh, they will get their payback later. The so lady. Jackson gets into the ring with Jay. They try to double team Zane, but Zane instead just throws Jay back into Jackson in like a cradle position. So, Jackson does the only thing that he could possibly do here, Mikey. Only thing. Spins in a circle, and then chucks Jay onto Zane so that he can then Hurricane Rana him to the floor. Which was very neat. A very, very good double-team move from the Prodigies here. Very creative. Very high-fly-y. Mm-hmm. So, after this, Jackson tries to maintain control of this match, but Zane ends up just chucking him to the outside. Yeah, uh, and Zane, Zane hits his back on the uh, apron, which they make a big deal out of. That was his knee. Was it? I thought it was, I thought he just landed directly on his back. No, I thought but, like he spun around and his knee slammed to the apron and then he fell down and he was like clutching oh, his knee. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. That is what happened. He just got mm-hmm. he. Uh, point is, point is, he yeeted he yeeted Drake out of the <laughs> ring and Drake got uh, messed up. Yeah, like Jay and the ref go to check on him. The Dawsons are like, "Get the fuck away from him. Go back to your fucking corner so we can fucking keep doing the match." Because they are like, "We're gonna win this shit." Let us keep fighting. Jay's like, bro, why you gotta fucking be a dickhead about it? My partner's hurt, dude. And the ref is, like, trying to stop Jay, uh, Jay, Dave from getting involved. And eventually, he does usher Malachi back to his corner. Mm -hmm. And Zane, 
has literally no fucking mercy for this at all because he goes out and he just viciously targets Jackson's injured knee. Yeah, throws it, it into right. the post. Like, Listen, just... man, if you see a target, you gotta work it. Yeah, like he tried getting up and he just punt kicked the fucking leg so he fell back to the floor. I was like, that is, that oh. is vicious, vicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. After this, he gets Jackson back to the ring, and honestly, it's just a lot of the Dawsons doing classic heel tag team maneuvers, which is mm-hmm. cut the ring in half, hyper focus on, and just assault the injured potty part, in this case the knee, of your opponent, and use cheap tactics and goading the much younger and hot-headed opponent, such as Malachi, into getting into the ring so that when the ref turns his back, you just beat the shit out of him together. Mm-hmm. Which uh, seems to be working for a lot of this match. Mm-hmm. I very much liked how uh, Jackson sold his knee like, he could barely stand at points. Uh, mm-hmm. Malachi did a good job of in, of um, getting empathy from him and wanting to see the hot tag because he was just getting more and more frustrated as this was going on. To yeah. a point where he's like, turn around! Like, just yelling at the ref to turn the fuck around! They're yeah, beating his ass! Of, he was getting bald throughout this match. It was rough. It was, start- it was starting to get a little rough for, uh, mm-hmm. for, for Drake in there. Yeah. Until finally we get to a point in the match where Zayn is holding off or holding both of Jackson's arms behind his back. Like, he's, like, leaned, like, bent over, so his head's just leaning forward. And Dave goes to run the ropes to boot him in the face. But Jackson dodges it, shoves Dave into Zane, and as a result, he hobbles to his corner and hot tags Malachi in, finally. And Malachi does not waste the opportunity to get a good hot tag in here, because Malachi just absolutely pops off. Mm-hmm. He jumps, gets in, runs off of Zane, who is now on his hands and knees after reeling from getting his brother thrown into his face, so that mm-hmm. he can land on Dave in the corner, mount like a him. Like very poetry, almost very poetry in motion-esque. Yeah, like poetry in motion V2. Yeah. Actually, I can't, actually, yeah, Matt Hardy was V3. I got it. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, he mounts him, punches him in the head like ten times, stops punching him, looks at Zane as he's getting up, hits him with a twisting senton onto him. It's awesome. Yeah, and he very, meet- lots lots of stuff very fast. Mm-hmm. He goes to pin Zane. Dave sees this, tries to break up the pin by jumping on top of him, so he lets the pin go and gets out of the way, so Dave ends up jumping on his brother instead. And as Dave is react or did Jay. Dave is reacting to this mistake. <laughs> he doesn't see Malachi set up or set up to hit him on the apron, and the moment he turns around, he hits a hell of a springboard forearm on him. Yeah, he does. This is some phenomenal forearm shit. Very, very phenomenal. So Dave rolls to the outside to recover, but Malachi sees this, takes the opportunity to run the ropes, and then sentons over the top rope onto Dave before getting him back into the ring. In the words of Excalibur, Tope Hero! Hey, there it is. So the two of them are now dazed at this point, and Malachi, like, both the Dawsons, and Malachi goes for a double springboard cutter, but instead they catch him in their arms. And then, kind of oddly, only because it was like kind of like, I can't believe this worked the way it did, Jay flips backwards out of it, runs the ropes, dodges both their double uh, clotheslines, and does the springboard cutter, this time hitting it. Nice. I was not expecting the double springboard cutter to hit back-to-back, but hey, I mean, whatever works. Mm-hmm. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Mm-hmm. He goes to the pin here, and there's a slight issue. Yes. So he goes to pin Dave, and the ref says Zane is the legal one, because apparently Dave tagged in Zane, who's currently laying down on the outside. And also, according to the commentators, they do lucha rules here as well. Despite the fact the whole time they were acting like this was like a traditional tag match. Yeah, it was. It, it things got a little muddy around here. Yeah. So basically, Zane. Sorry, there's so many A's in this match. No, Malachi had Dave pinned, but Zane like, was the legal one to the ref. Like the four names in this are Dave, Zane, Jay, and Drake. Like Dave, oh my God. Zane, Jay, and. I can't remember Jackson uh, Drake. Jack- one. Jackson, yeah, we keep ca- but we keep calling him Drake, so it's like, ugh, it's it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. So anywho, Jay has to break up the pin, unfortunately, because the refs telling him I'm not counting it. That mm-hmm. the legal guys on the outside. So he then goes to Zane, drags him back into the ring, goes to the top rope, but Zane is able to get back onto the top rope, and they start to brawl with each other in order to as Zane tries to stop Malachi from doing this, and in the mm-hmm. background. We see Jackson attack Dave and then get up to the top rope with Zane and Malachi. Yes. Zane then elbows Jackson off of him, and Jackson tries to be a little, a high flying flippy boy by back flipping onto his feet. 
But when he lands on his feet, his knee finally gives out. Like, the whole match, he's been struggling with it, and this is where it says, nah, fam, we're done. Yeah, this Collapses is to the floor, clutches it, he's, he's fucked. So Malachi knocks Zane off. He's like, all right, well, fuck it. We're going to go for the double cutter off the top rope now. And he, this time off the second rope. And he jumps, but the Dawsons are very smart, as they have learned after the two other times he's attempted this move, what happens when he gets this move done. So they catch him, pick Mm -hmm. him up together, and double powerbomb him, and pick up the win. We have new PWL tag champions. And as the Dawsons say, PWL now has to book them. Despite (laughs) the controversy. (laughs) They gotta book them. Honestly, that was a a pretty good match. Yeah, I agree. This match was very solid. Lots of action, uh, really well paced. It, the The only thing was the the weird the weird tag rules that were being an issue, really. Yeah, like it's kind of like like big, the 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 glaring issue with this match. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna make it lucha rules, you should either a make it a bigger part of the match. Maybe they did, and I, that was them being in the ring. Or b, I don't know, like just just make it more clear, honestly, because I got lost and I just ended up doing saying what I did there, being like, all right, the ref decides it. Fuck it. I don't know. Yeah, referee discretion. Pretty much, yeah. I guess, yeah. But it was it. It did feel kind of weird. It was, a, uh, yeah. It was, it was odd. It did, it did give it the feeling that uh, they that the the wrestling prodigies were robbed a little bit. So maybe, maybe like you said, maybe it is going to be a story or something. But I don't oh know. yeah, true, true. Yeah, they try to get back, get their belts back. Since uh, technically speaking, it was robbed from them. The ref yeah. just didn't fuck it up. I guess, I guess we'll see, huh? Mm-hmm. We will see indeed. All right, why don't we get into the next match then? Oh, what do we give it that one, by the way? Sorry, before we go into the next match, obviously we need to rate it. I'm going to give this match a meh. I I think I'll go high meh. I think I liked it enough that it was, I, I, I enjoyed the wrestling enough. Like, sure, it had that little, the, the muddy ending, mm-hmm. but I think I liked it enough to give it a high meh here. I mm. uh, The action was fun. Uh, it was fast-paced. It never felt like it was a boring part of the match, you know? Like, I mm-hmm. think... Everyone was able to to show off what they're good at, and I think it was uh, all around a solid wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was solid. It didn't like get me like I I didn't pop off at a ton of spots. Like when I when I give a match a high man, that means I popped off at least a couple times. But like I ended up being like that was a mm-hmm. good match. I didn't like have the adrenaline for this match. I was like it's good. I understand why Dax likes them as much the Dawsons because they are when it comes to like fundamentals, they are rock solid on that shit. Yeah, great strikes. Great tag team work, great selling of stuff, great character work. Like, they are solid. Just for I me, agree. it was a meh. Uh, that's fair. That's completely valid. Um. All right. So why don't we get into the next match now that we've rated it, which we it, which is going to be Megan Bain versus Max the Impaler from Beyond Wrestling. Oh, boy. When I saw these two together, I was like, oh, we're getting a fucking Haas fight, and I can't fucking wait. Yeah, we got we got the Hoss fight that we've been waiting for. This match is short, sweet, and to the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this I match, was... I love that there was this match. Felt like there was no gimmicks. It felt like there was no like artificial pops where they're trying to get like the 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 big person to fly. You know, like where they're like, oh my god, they did a suicide diver. Oh my god, they went off the top rope. Yeah, it felt very much like listen. Both of these people are strong, so they're just gonna try to outmuscle each other, and it's it, gonna be a classic fight. And it was, mm-hmm. it was it's very, the closest very you're gonna good. get to like a kaiju movie where it's like, yeah, there's no frills here. There's just two monsters beating the shit out of each other. What's the quote from Godzilla? Let them fight. Let them fight. So, uh, this match starts off red hot because Max immediately charges Megan, and the two lock up and drag each other around the ring until they are both forced to let go of each other. Mm-hmm. When they go back at it. Megan quickly cinches in a waist lock. Oh, my bad. Max quickly cinches in a waist lock on Megan, but Megan escapes it by elbowing them in the side of the head. Mm-hmm. Following this up, Max chucks Megan and flattens her with a huge body slam in the corner that forces Bane to take a breather on the outside. She then does the classic heel maneuver of waiting for as long as she possibly can on the outside to just drag the shit out. Five. Yeah, exactly. Until the face, Max, comes out after her. Mm-hmm. And then Megan slides into the ring like the little, like the cocky little heel that she is. Of course. And of course, the moment falling in line with this tactic, when Max gets in, steps through the ropes, Megan knees them in the chest and just rains down blows on their back over and over again until the ref forces her to back off because Max can't really defend themselves. Yeah, it was uh, brutal to watch. Yeah, because Megan was... Yeah, she, that there was... was a, that this knee was... was ugh. 
This was a match full of heavy strikes and big slams, right? Yeah. Just a lot of a, just a lot of very heavy hitting uh wrestling. Mhm. Like <laughs> high impact is yeah. what the word that was looking for. After this, Max tries to challenge Megan with a clothesline, but Megan ducks it and then decks them with a stiff forearm to the chest, but it doesn't seem to affect Max as much as Megan was hoping. Mhm. So, Max returns fire with a hefty form of their own, and this triggers the two of them to just go blow for blow with devastating forearms to the chest, until Max just keeps striking Bane over and over, over. and over again, until, Mac, until Max backs Megan into, the cor- into a corner, but Max isn't let, let up. They then continuously no. just standing clothesline Megan in the corner, until the ref forces them to back off, because Megan literally just cannot defend herself. She's just getting brutalized, honestly. Yeah, it was almost that they almost. I think they almost DQ'd Max here. Yeah, I love how the ref also sold that when Max like growled at him, he's like, "Okay, I'm sorry. Don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry." Like when it happened with Megan, the ref was like, "All right, all right, back off. I know you think you're hot shit, but whatever." Max, he's like, "Please don't kill me. Please, God, don't kill me." (laughs) Yep. Like it's a very like it's it gives a great impression of each of their characters. Where Megan's like, you know, that 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 bitch, not to put to copyright Jade and Max, not to IP that Jade Cargill. I'll get a me- I'll get a letter from Mark Sterling in a week. <laughs> uh, and then Max is like this wild beast of like Mad Max like wastelands that'll just basically fight some pure instinct. Mm-hmm. And I love it. So Max goes back to attacking Megan, and they hoist them up in a fireman's carry, but Megan elbows her way out of it. Then Megan tries to hoist Max up for her own fireman's carry, but like Megan, Max elbows their way out of it. Then, Max tries to take Megan down with the clothesline, but Megan withstands it, and then responds to this with her own clothesline that also doesn't knock Max down. The two then go back and forth, basically slamming into each other with clotheslines like two monster trucks. And this keeps going on until Megan eventually ducks a clothesline from Max and drops them with a Samoan drop, followed by a senton on top. Or running senton on top. Yeah, which was very, very sick. And... I like this a lot because while it was basically like two cars crashing into each other, I like how when Megan went to pin Max. <laughs> it's a good way to describe this match. Mm-hmm. The giant car accident. Yeah. And when Me- I like how when Megan tries to pin Max, Max kicks out. And Megan is obviously frustrated because arguably at this point, if anyone had gotten hit with the strikes that Megan was dishing out in this match, they probably would be done. It'd be over. Unless but... they're like, you know, Masha Slamovich or Layla Hirsch. Mm-hmm. So, Megan stomps away at Max before gloating to the crowd, you know, about how good she is, yada, yada, yada. Which gives Max the time they need to get back on their feet and recover to get ready to go back and fight Megan. And when she's ready, Megan tries to Irish with Max, but Max grips the ropes and blocks it. So, logically, Megan then just hits Max's forearm, hits Max with a forearm, a chop, then another forearm to the chest that forces them to let go of the ropes. So, allows Megan to... Yep. Irish whip them while also holding on to them, and the moment that Max hits the ropes, Megan just rams another knee into their gut. Yeah, that was an awesome way to counter that. It's just like, all right, she's going off the ropes. Bam! Mm-hmm. Fucking great. It re- like yeah, like Megan was just a nice solid knee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now can't beat that. Hmm. So can't beat that. A nice solid knee to the chest. Oh no! Sh- oh, no shot. It's a classic. <laughs> So Megan's now feeling herself, and she tries to body slam Max a la Andre the Giant, but Max blocks it. And instead, mm-hmm. she spears Megan into the corner, beats them down until... Oh, my bad. So Megan, uh, got it. So I, I fucked myself up. Now that Megan's feeling herself, she tries to body slam Max a la Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. Can't believe mm-hmm. I say his name. But it's Max a very nice, very nice, very dope scoop slam. Mm-hmm. But Max blocks it. So instead, Megan's like, fuck it. She spears them into the corner, beats Max down until she has them back into the middle of the ring, and this time, successfully, Megan body slams Max into the mat. Yes. But defiantly, Max fights back by smacking Megan in the gut, and then once they get to their feet, they shove Megan's face away from them. And understandably, this just pisses Megan off more. (laughs) Yeah. So she kicks Max in the gut. And like a horror movie monster, Max just seems to just instantly recover and, like, scream slash grunt at her. <laughs> so Megan boots them again, and then running big boots them. But on every hit, Max just has the same reaction. Like, she... Sorry. They will not die. They just keep, like, going, like, come on! 
and bring it again. Megan's like, all right, fine. So she gr- tries to run the ropes and big boot Max again, but instead, Max jumps at her, like, full body jumps at her and just bulldozers her over. Oh, yeah, just a, just a, a, a full body press. Mm-hmm. This causes the two of them to retreat in opposite corners of the ring, and the first to make the move is Max, who nearly cuts Megan in two in the corner with a spear to the gut. <laughs> and this followed up by a suplex, which just sends Bane careening to the other side of the ring. Mm-hmm. Since it worked the first time, though, and Megan's in another corner now, Max tries to do the same spear as before, but this time Megan sidesteps it, so instead Max eats nothing but the ring post. Oh, brutal looking at also. Max and is then- now... Oh my god, then the spot after this was so cool where she bounced mm-hmm. off the ring post and then Bane is just like, German suplex! And just like oh. throws throws Max back. But then Max just rolls through, screams, and just spears the crap out of Bane. Mm-hmm. Max then, after that spot where it was just like, god damn, Max, just, you cannot beat him. They you then try to go yeah, for a, a pile driver or a powerbomb, I believe. Uh, something Megan, like that, yeah. Something like that, but Megan blocks it. And then stuns them with another running big boot to the face. And seeing this is her opportunity to do so, Megan hits Max with a very impressive boss man slam mm-hmm. before locking them in a triangle chokehold, which forces them to pretty much tap out instantly. Yeah, it looked it looked brutal. And like when I think about this now, when I first saw, it, I was like, well, that was a kind of a random finish. But when you think about it, Megan, After everything they've been through in this match, slammed, beat everything that she could to beat. Max and Max literally wouldn't die, so her only option was I'll just knock them the fuck out for like three seconds. That's all I need, and I can win the match. Mm-hmm. And it worked. You gotta yes, breathe if you want to be a monster. <laughs> you got you gotta breathe if you want to fight. This is true. So yeah, I really like this. Like I, I have like when I see Haas matches, like I have like a standard for them now, and this one pretty much get hit my Sanders and exceeded them a bit too. I agree. This was this was very much uh, a good a good like baseline. If you want to see a hoss fight, watch this match. Right, mm-hmm. like oh, it yeah. was very solid all the way through. Had a, I again like yeah I, for that reason, I'm gonna give this match a high meh. I am also gonna give it a high meh. I really really enjoyed it. It was short, sweet, to the point. Uh, it got had a lot of action for the time it was. Uh, and it just really felt like a, a fight. It felt like just two, mm-hmm. two monsters of the ring just colliding. And it was fan-fucking-tastic. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, so why don't we get into our fan-suggested match mm-hmm. of uh, Marty Snow taking on Gmo Kaminari in a three-stages-of-hell match from Pro Wrestling Legacy. Yeah, we, I was not anticipating that when I started this, and I was like, "Oh, no!" Because we have it, we we were it, it was pitched to us in two out of three falls, and then we and then the video came on, and Marty Snow was like, "This is the three stages of hell match," and we were like, "I guess that's technically two out of three falls, but like, yeah. you know, with extra steps." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the three the three stages of hell in this match are a singles match for the first fall, a no DQ match for the second fall. And then if it had to if it has to come to it, which obviously it will because they always do, uh, is a last man standing match. Mm-hmm. I actually went back to figure out what the backstory of this match was, and it's pretty interesting if you think about it. Oh, please enlighten us because I did not do that. <laughs> so basically this this episode of Pro Wrestling Legacy started out, if I've gotten this correctly, with I believe the owner of the show basically saying they're gonna hold a tournament to see who's going to become they said a champion in PWL, and I assume this means it's the spot to become the uh, the first champions. This is before the uh, Orion and Snow match that we watched. Mm-hmm. And Gmo got at, was one of the first people announced for this match. And Marty was not included in the tournament. So he interrupted the tournament's announcement and just made a big stink about it, basically. Being like, this is bullshit. Why are the heat... Like, why am I being, like, treated differently? Because everyone else interferes in matches, but I interfere and suddenly I'm the bad guy. Or basically that. Like, you know, what was me? Victim complex. Mm-hmm. Of course. And the owner basically... Basic heel stuff. Yeah, and instead, he decided to make a deal with the owner of the company. Where they, they said, where he said, if I can beat Gmo, I get to be in the tournament then too. And Which she's like, compromise. you know what? Fine. But if you lose, I don't want to hear anything from you about the tournament, about anything. 
I want, I just don't want you anywhere involved with this. Just, you know, like, just to shut him up. And he's like, you know what? Fine. Because he basically thinks he can beat Gmo because Marty Snow is a bastard. But the other reason is he has a bit of a grudge because against Marty Gmo. Snow is a bastard. He's a bastard. Fair. And the reason he picked Gmo is because not only has he fought him a few times, but Gmo a while back got a scholarship for something. I forgot what, I don't think they mentioned what it was that Marty thought should have been his. And it was years ago that Moner was even like, it literally give it up, dude. It was so long ago. But Marty's a bitter old bastard, and he wants to get some revenge on Gmo. So that's how we get to this match. <laughs> I'm calling out Gmo. This three stages of hell match. Yeah, because he pitched the match, but he didn't say what the match's step was to Gmo. Mm-hmm. He just said it was two out of three falls, as our fan did. Yes. And then he got hit with a three stages of hell match, which is very amusing to me. And three very uh, interesting stages of hell. Definitely. So let's start with round one, the normal match. The singles the match, classic. Singles match, easy peasy. Starts out with a lot of jockeying for control here, because by the way, this match is like 27 minutes long, so we're going to briefly go through these stages here. Yeah, it's it's quite the quite the match. Processing Legacy and us watching long matches is apparently a, a new trend of ours, but I don't hate it. Hey, I guess we'll. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm into it. They, mm-hmm. So far, so far, they've all been good. So I, Very I don't true. mind it. So this match starts out with a lot of this round starts out, I should say, with a lot of jockeying for control, where Gmo basically gains the upper hand for a lot of it until he locks Snow in like a double underhook hold mm-hmm. because Snow counters it by attacking an injured knee of Gmo in this, um, and eventually Gmo rolls out of the hold that Snow puts him in. But the damage has kind of been done because he starts to slightly hobble around the ring at this point. Mm-hmm. And then Marty retakes control of this match with a side headlock takeover. Hey, oh, all I can think about now is MJF. Fuck me. The side headlock take, yeah. It's a listen, classic wrestling move, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Made infamous by... Made infamous by one of the most infamous wrestlers t- there is. Yes. So basically at this point, Marty retakes control after this head o- t- headlock takeover by beating down and grinding Gmo into dust. And after this, he stomps a mud hole in Gmo in the corner, and the ref forces Marty to back off, which almost gets him DQ'd because he tries to pick a fight with the ref in the first fall. <laughs> which is so, it's so very much Marty Snow. Mm-hmm. And when Marty goes back on the attack, he starts off by slamming Gmo into the mat with a Uranagi before just repeatedly beating him down near one of the corners of the uh, ring. Mm-hmm. However, this barrage of offense is stopped because Gmo is able to Irish whip Snow into a corner, and when Snow um, tosses him onto the apron, Gmo fights back and nails him with a diving crossbody from the top rope. Which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Snow then charges at Gmo in the corner, but Gmo boots him in the face and then rolls him into a calf crusher, which Snow surprisingly taps out to instantly. Hey, man, it, listen... It's a two out of three. I get it. It's a two out of three falls match. You you gotta you gotta preserve yourself for the rest of the match, right? Yeah. Sometimes you gotta give up the first fall to to preserve yourself for the next two. I was just, surprised that he just was gotta, just... just gotta you gotta keep your energy up. You can't if you stayed in that calf pressure too long, it could have hurt his chances for the rest of the match. So I get true, it. true. I was Especially just kind of like... the last man standing match being the end, and you have to be a, you know standing, and he was in a calf true. crusher. True, makes sense. I guess I just expected Marty to be more bitter and probably being like, no, I'm not tapping out to this mu- this little bitch. But no, instead he was like, nah, I'll take my chances in the next round. Fuck off. Yeah. So, on to the no DQ match we go after a solid showing from these two. And after that instantaneous tap out, they each get a weapon of their own from the outside. We're getting extreme, baby. Getting extreme, baby. Yeah, literally as soon as that first fall happens, right after the first fall, they both run to the outside and grab a weapon. Mm-hmm. Marty gets himself a kendo stick. Gmo gets a chair. But Gmo is kind of like, you know what? I, 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 I'm pretty confident in my chances to beat your ass. I don't need this chair. And he just drops the chair on the ground and just kicks it out of the ring and says, come at me. And Snow <laughs> has a kendo stick and is like, okay. It's like, you're so fucking stupid. Swings <laughs> and misses. So Gmo, get, Gmo gets a couple shots in. And then he tries to hit a springboard moonsault. Onto Snow, but Snow cracks him across the chest with the kendo stick in midair. Oh, while he, in, in the middle of a springboard moonsault while he's upside down. <laughs> awesome just fucking gets, spot. He just gets nailed with the kendo stick. This is great. And as Jibo's writhing in pain on the ground, Snow gets out of the ring and goes over to Jay Anderson, the heel commentator. If you, you've heard of us talk about him a couple times. Mm-hmm. And he's like, give, he's like, give me, and he, says, he tells him to give him it. 
And Jay's like, okay. And he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a set of fucking handcuffs. <laughs> and just gives it to him. And I love how... I love the other commentator's like, why are you doing this, man? Yeah, he's just like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, wait. It was, um... Oh, God, wait. What was the fucking guy's name? I have his name written down here. Hold on. I'll find it. I can find it. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I literally had this guy written down. His name was on his shirt, too. He had a name tag. Uh, oh my god. CJ Campos. Because CJ Campos, I believe, is in the tournament with Gmo. Okay. Yeah. So CJ Campos, who's on guest commentator, we don't have, uh, I believe his name is Rich Fox. Yeah, yeah. The voice of wrestling isn't here today. It's just Jay and a guest commentator. And he's just like, like you said, but he's just like, bro, why the fuck do you have, why are you helping? Why do you have those? And Jay's like, what are you talking about? I think it's so that the other I like how the the announcer actively helping out one of the competitors is very mm-hmm. funny. You know he did that because Rich wasn't there to fucking be like, dude, to yell at him. Yeah, he's just like, hey, you go. I'm free tonight. <laughs> so with these handcuffs, Snow handcuffs both of Gmo's hands, but he like handcuffs them both like on the bottom rope, so he can't get up. Basically, he can only like lay his legs on the outside. He can't actually stand. Mm-hmm. And that after this, Snow just. He batters him with a kendo stick just over and over. He's just, like, hung out on the rope, screaming in pain on the outside. And yeah, so arrogantly rough. walks back over to Anderson and is like, give it to me. And Jay's like, okay. And he hands him a little envelope with the key to the handcuffs. So the <laughs> cop was like, how many things you got, man? <laughs> Listen, if you're going to have handcuffs, you got to bring the key. Of course. And Snow, at this point, arrogantly believes that, like, he's done enough damage that he can win this match and move on to the last man standing match so he can beat Gmo. But it only gets a two count, which very much pisses him off. So he goes out of the ring and begins to just load up the weapon with various tables, not tables, chairs and a table. Mm-hmm. Slides back into the ring, sets up a chair between two turnbuckles. Like he locks it in like flat between the top and middle turnbuckle. And he tries to throw Gmo into this chair in the corner, but Gmo stops himself, kicks Snow in the gut, and hits a very nice looking sling blade. Like I love the height he got on this sling blade. Yes, it was very, very solid. And Gmo then tries to use this newfound, like, momentum, but Snow cuts him in half with a spear. Which, again, sick. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards... We've been seeing some good spears today. Yeah, we have. It's very nice. And after this, however, for Snow, Gmo gets up, and he tries to spear him again, but Gmo just sidestep and tosses him kind of like a, like a matador dodging a bull and just throws Snow face first into the chair in the, between the turnbuckles. Mm-hmm. Now that Gmo's finally regaining control of this match, he sets out to get some revenge on Marty by grabbing the handcuffs and doing the same spot that Snow did to him. Which was awesome. Very nice payback here. Lambasts him with the kendo stick until he thinks he's beaten him enough that he can finally finish him off. And I like how, like, when Gmo unlocked the handcuffs, before when it was Snow, they were like, oh, that's some arrogance. But for Gmo, it was like, I like how Compost is like... It's. I mean, I get wanting to be the good guy here and want not wanting to win the second match because you pinned him because he can't literally get his arms up off the ground. But like, you you really need to like you know toughen up. You can't be such a good guy in a three stages of hell match. Yeah, and that will three actually stages come into, of hell. And that will actually come into relevance later in the match. Yes, it will. So back into the ring. Once Gmo has gotten Snow out of the handcuffs, he sets up four chairs set up like sta- like sitting in a square formation behind Marty. And then he goes to the top rope, and he gets ready to uh, hit something on Marty, but the two fight back and forth for control up there. And there is one moment where it looked like for a second that Snow was going to hit the Snow's end on Gmo. The Storm's th- end. Is it, oh, yeah, snow, Storm's end. The Storm's end through the chairs that Gmo set up from the top rope, which would have been fucking scary as shit. Terrifying. Which, by the way, I just realized the reason it's called the Storm's end is because his last name is Snow. It literally just took me now to realize that. Yeah. The whole time we were doing the match before, I was like, why is it the storm's end? <laughs> Snowstorm. You're an idiot. Snowstorm. Yeah. You were a fuck. Yeah, Zach, you were an idiot. But eventually, Gmo knocks him off the top rope, jumps at him, and just fucking cuts him down with a meteor onto the chairs, but none of them give. So Marty is like splayed out with like his back was just broken in two. Yeah. Love the way this looked. It was brutal to watch, and it was awesome to just watch him sell it. Mm-hmm. And despite this, though, Marty kicks out. So Gmo goes to the outside frantically and grabs himself a kendo stick. He returns with it, 
Marty dropped Toads holds him face first into one of the remaining chairs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he wraps the kendo stick around Gimo's face, but he locks it. But when he does this, he locks in a fucking Muda lock. Which, which was fucking awesome. Horrendous to take, and Gimo just Done. taps out. Done. Can't, can't get it. They're tied one-to-one now, so we're going to the last stipulation, a last man standing match. Yep. Oh, boy. So, after this, that... This is where it just starts getting insane. Yeah, this so man. after the uh, the merciless ending of that last round, Marty spares no time going to the next one. Immediately throws Gimo outside the ring, kicks him in the chest a few times, then chucks him into a loud-ass fan that was heckling him all match, which I found was very funny. Yep. And once he gets up, Marty tries to continue his offense, but he goes to kick Gimo and misses and ends up instead kicking the ring post. Which, and not, yikes. <laughs> not being deterred by this, Marty's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it again. I'll hit him. And this time, Gimo catches it, and he just throws the same leg into the ring post. Yeah. And then he... Slips Marty's leg in between the metal rungs under the ring and locks in the calf crusher that Marty tapped to in the first round instantly, and he just keeps this shit locked in. It sounded awful by how Marty was screaming in pain. It looked horrendous, and I mm-hmm. liked how it showed at this point in the match. Now, Gmo was like, "You know what? Fuck fighting with honor. I'm gonna yeah, fucking kill this going hard. I'm I'm gonna murder this guy so he won't get up." Yep. And it, this, this spot damn near cripples Marty because he literally needs the assistance of a chair, like, sitting in it to stop the count. And then to get... I mean, yeah, when, you're, when your leg gets wrapped up in a calf crusher around, like, assumedly a metal bar. Yeah. Oh. So eventually, thanks to the chair, he stops the count, and they both get into the ring at the same time. Get a back and forth between these two. Variety of strikes here until Gmo is able to block a knee from Marty and wipe him out with a drop kick. Mm-hmm. He then ascends the top rope and tries to hit, I think it's called the Ben Ball. I'm going to be real here. The Ben Ball? Yeah. And the only reason I know that is, I think that is because apparently he really likes Ben 10. So that's all uh, I've He got. did come in in the Ben 10 jacket, so. He did, and his, he very much seems to like it. So I, when they said it, I heard Ben Ball, so I'm going to go with that for now. But uh, apologies if I fucked up that name. So uh, it's also, basically... interesting character trait for your wrestling persona to be built around is that you like Ben 10 a lot. Yeah. I guess Alex Zade is just, he likes Taco Bell, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, why not? Lip Moss. I have a shirt that says that for that. It's you do. Fucking great. I, I was there when you got it. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very <laughs> nice. So anywho, the Ben Ball is basically a, um, it's a twisting front flip where like he goes from like a back flip towards into a front flip, mm-hmm. but he misses it. And I like how they're like, oh, fuck, no one's actually, he's never actually missed the Ben Ball before. Yeah. And, uh, like a snake, Marty, like, crawls towards Gimo, lifts him up in a fireman's carry's position, and slams him into the mat with the Storm's End. And it seems at this point like he's got the match won. But, Marty can't help himself. He's a sadistic bastard, and he stops the ref's count. And he sets up two chairs facing each other, because apparently... Like I said before, he's not done humiliating or beating up on Gmo. So he hoists him up and goes to hit the Storm's End again, but this time through the chairs. However, Gmo turns things around and slams Marty onto the chairs with a Fireman's Carry Slam, or John Cena's attitude adjustment if you're new here. Yeah. That's, what, to... that's basically what it was. Mm-hmm. I love this next spot because in order to get up from this, Marty tries to use a chair as a crutch. But as he's like getting up and his face is near it, Gmo sees this full sprint and just leg, like single leg drop kicks it into his face. Mm-hmm. I loved it for how well it was executed. And it basically took the spot of kicking out someone's crutch beneath them and instead just kicking the crutch into the person. <laughs> Which is even funnier to me. Mm-hmm. So Marty is just absolutely blasted at this point. And Gmo sets up the table, which has been in this ring since the no DQ match started. And then Marty brought in. He sets it up, lays Marty on top of it, goes to the top rope, hits a nice frog splash on Marty through the table. Yeah, which uh, which probably would have ended the match in itself. But, but... then, but then <laughs> Gmo takes it a step further. He's not done yet. He's like, I know he's not going to say it on just from this. If if it doesn't take him down, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So he drags Marty, who's, like, belly first on the mat, near the ring post. Kind of like he's going to, like, basically pull his, his, uh, his crotch into the ring post. But he doesn't. He leaves his legs dangling outside the ring. He then takes the handcuffs 
and he uses the metal band that connects the turnbuckle to the ring post by handcuffing both of Marty's hands around it. So Marty literally cannot get his hands up. And because his legs are stuck in that position, he does not have the torque he needs to get up. And (laughs) with all is said and done, Marty, all he can do is just scream and shout at the ref and at Gmo as he's just agonizingly for him just slowly count it out and Gmo wins this match. It's yeah. a very nice ending. Gmo finally finally ends the match. He learned his lesson. He did what he yeah. needed to do and this time he didn't let Marty go out of pity to win in the the, the honorable way. He said fuck it. If you want to you play with handcuffs, I'll play with handcuffs. This shit gave me flashbacks to when Batista and John Cena had a last man standing match and John Cena won by doing the low blow uh, spot on Batista with the ring post, except then he duct taped his feet together. Mm-hmm. So he literally couldn't get up. There was no shot. He was, and I found that very amusing. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a great spot to to end this match. I think like was it necessary? Probably not because like like we said, Marty Snow did not look like he was getting up anyway. Yeah, but it, it was it was a nice story element that like basically if you were listening to commentary like fed into the match. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like, yeah, you're right. It's, sh- it, the whole point was to show, like, uh, Gmo having to go, like, darker, right? Mm-hmm. This so, whole thing is about it, being, like, a hero sense. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I had to be a bit of a villain ben there. Ben 10, it's hero time. That's its, mm-hmm. that's its whole thing. So, so they, I, I like this match. What do, what do you think about this one? I thought it was a great match. Um, for me personally, it didn't get me to the markout range. I, weirdly enough, thought the same thing. Even though it was very good, and it had a lot of awesome spots, and it was very entertaining, for some reason, I just didn't, it just didn't bring me over the edge. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of, like I said, it had a lot of great moments. But it was and still I, very good. Yeah, it was still very good. The story had, like, got me a little bit there, but I don't think the story is enough to push into markout territory for me. Still a great match between these two. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, still great showing from Pro Wrestling Legacy. Oh, yeah, so far they have been really nailing it mm-hmm. over there. Uh, and I would love to go to a show one day, uh, mm-hmm. but they are based in Houston, and I am we are from, but, but from New Jersey, so. Last time I went to Texas, I drove there. Uh, not doing that again. I'll take a plane. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the whole debacle. But anywho, you'll need to hear about me traveling across the state. Yeah. So that uh, I also uh, if I, if I didn't say I'll also give it a high met. I'm in the same train as you. I think it was really really good and really really entertaining. Uh, it didn't break that mark out threshold for me, but high met. I'm still giving it a high met because uh, other than that, it was a solid, very solid match. So yes, uh, I enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, that's what we're giving this one. And I think that is all of our matches out of the way for this week. So Zach, why don't we give the people a little preview of what we got next week? Yes. So. I'm not picking the majority of the matches this week. Mikey is. And my one match, because I'm still on my tag team wrestling craze, and apparently Dax Harwood also is because he had on his Twitter, who's the best independent wrestling tag team? So I found this team from there. We're doing Besties in the World, a.k.a. Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett, going nice. against Mexablood, which is Bandito and Flamita. All right. Sounds fun. At, before I forget the promotion, AAW Pro. I'm actually really excited because I believe it was, it might have been Seidel or it might have been, um, I think it was Matt Seidel and I think um, Darius Martin also said these guys were great. So I'm mm-hmm. expecting some flippy shit in this match. And I'm pumped. Yeah, me, me as well. Alright, Mikey, what do, you, what do you got for the people? For the people, to, uh, next week I am bringing a triple threat match for the insane championship wrestling women's world title inside of a steel cage between Kaylee Ray, Casey, and Piper Niven. And to honor the returning, the returning back to independent wrestling, Biff Busick. We are taking a look at Biff Busick versus Timothy Thatcher from Beyond Wrestling. I like how we have a hardcore steel cage match, a most certainly catch can style wrestling match, and then a motherfucking like high flying tag team match. Probably we, we're covering it all next week. It's gonna be sick, hopefully. Yeah, uh, I feel like I had to pick a Biff a Biff music match now that he's back on the indie scene. Of course, uh, throw him up for Biff. Throw him up. Throw him up. Uh, 
Biff Busick impressed us very much a few weeks ago in his match against uh, Mike Bailey. Uh, and I want to watch more. Biff, I want to watch Biff Busick kick the shit out of more people. I mean, that is that is that's a, it. That, that's, <laughs> that's, what I, that's that's all understandable. I uh, yeah, and I'm very excited to to get into those matches. Uh, so with the previews out of the way, why don't we get into the plugs? Uh, you could go follow us on Twitter at CountOutPod, where you you just like Dylan Garcia did this episode can suggest matches for us to watch and check out uh, in in upcoming episodes. If you have any uh, indie wrestling matches that you think we should take a look at or that you are very uh, that you hold dear, near and dear to your heart, you let us know because we want to see it all. You can DM us on Twitter. You can hit. You can message us on Facebook. If you go to Count Out a Wrestling Podcast Network's Facebook page, you can message us over there. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on all kinds of our other social medias. We have YouTube, we have Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we have our website, countoutpod.com, where you can find everything that has to do with this podcast network. Uh, you can give us a five-star rating on Apple on Apple Podcasts or now on Spotify. You can give us that five-star rating uh, and help us get into the eyes of the world <laughs> and help a growing podcast like ourselves come into uh, come into the public eye a little more. And... Uh, I'm gonna tease this now just a little bit. Uh, we're working. We're maybe working on some Indie Waters merch. Finally, we're getting some. T- we're gonna get a T-shirt out there sooner. So- hopefully, sooner rather than later. But mm. we are working on an Indie Waters T-shirt. Uh, working on the design now. So hopefully, if you if you want to rep uh your 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 favorite indie wrestling podcast, you can do that soon enough. Which and that'll be up on our uh our store over at countoutpod.com/store. And if you want to support us in the meantime, you can become a member of the Countout Podcast Network. Uh, For $5 a month, you become a a member of the Countout Wrestling Podcast Network, and you get access to uh, a whole library of exclusive episodes that are for members only, that are all very, very fun and very entertaining, and uh, you should go become a member. Uh, And last but not least, um, go go check out all the other podcasts here on the Countout Network. Like how to talk to your friends about wrestling, your dose of death, pure ring post radio, happy hour, uh, so many, so many fun, so much fun content going on here at the Canada Network. Uh, so go check those out as well and give them the follows and subscribes and all the love that you're giving us over here. Uh, I believe that's all the plugs. Zach, you got anything? No. Well, in that case, that just leaves me with one thing left to say, and that is to remember that there is a gigantic sea of independent wrestling out there. So never stop exploring. And... This has been a Count Out Podcast.